Hello and welcome to episode 204 of the N-Focus podcast. I am your irregular host, Andrew Brown, and we are joined by our regular co-host, Sylvia Wassenaar. Hello. Hello. And Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. All right, so an absolutely massive episode this time, I'm sure, I'm predicting. We haven't recorded it yet, but we'll find out. So let's jump right into our latest Nintendo news with our newest Nintendo Direct. So before we get started on the Direct, uh, there was the D23 Expo in the past week as well, uh, with one specific Switch exclusive announced for it, which was Disney Illusion Island, obviously calling back to the Illusion games on Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive, very popular, very uh, famous games, very successful platformer series from that era. Uh, But this game seems to be evoking more the Rayman Origins style of game design i thought this looked great did anybody agree with me i'm on a bit of a disney kick right now so i was like i thought it looked really really cool and it's interesting that it's a switch exclusive as well well there's at least two of us then that'll probably be playing that one next year when it comes out so we'll watch for that and now on to our september 13th 2022 nintendo direct probably I don't think any other Nintendo Direct had as much stuff crammed into it as this one did. It was just non-stop. They didn't stop for a moment to breathe. It was just announcement after announcement after announcement. Uh, how are our general impressions of this Nintendo Direct? I'm going to go with mostly indifferent. I didn't hate it, but there was nothing in here that's got me hype. Yeah, lots of RPGs this time. <laughs> Lots of RPGs. What are farming sims? Yeah. <laughs> I've got them marked in I, green in our show notes. <laughs> I, I quite, if it was like out of 10, I thought it would be like a 7 out of 10. I quite enjoyed it, mainly because there was like a lot of big things. I was like, oh, okay. But um, I'd also like to mention, because we can't not mention it, that because I'm in the UK, that they didn't stream it in the UK Uh, And they actually uploaded it an hour later on the YouTube channel to pay respects to the Queen. Um, And there's probably a big reason why, and that'll be right at the end of the announcements. But also, it was really annoying and a bit weird. And so we were all watching American streams, and when dates came up, it was very confusing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you do your times and your your month and the day in a different order. And I was like, huh? That's a long way. (laughs) Ah. Well, it's no less confusing than when the Nintendo Australia account makes date announcements and they announce fall, which means the first half of the year in Australia. It means uh, the second half of the year everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere. That's happened multiple times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. But no, I, I quite I quite liked it. Um, I did zone out at the end because people have mentioned things and I'm looking at the notes and I'm like, I don't remember that. But, <laughs> but I thought it was quite fun and cool. The first thing especially that you'll obviously talk about in a second. I was like, ooh, because I did not think that was coming for at least another few years. Yeah, I was mostly positive towards this Direct as well. Uh, My main impression of it was just how much stuff was in it, as I already (laughs) said. And yeah, lots of farming sims, but we'll get to those as we get to them. Uh, There must be something going on in in the design zeitgeist that's like, oh, people want this stuff now, so we better make it. But the first big announcement was Fire Emblem Engage. That's going to be out January 20th. There was rumors that Nintendo had a Fire Emblem game, like a brand new Fire Emblem game, 
ready or mostly ready for the Fire Emblem 30th anniversary, uh, but it just did not come out for whatever reason. I assume this is that game that we were hearing about. Uh, first impressions, terrible title. It sounds like a mobile game. <laughs> um, can I talk about how that logo just looks like the Arial font? Oh. <laughs> with, with a couple of filters on it in Photoshop. Well, you're the des- you're the design expert, so yeah, go ahead yeah. and talk about that. <laughs> um, well, I covered everything. It's just Arial with uh, a border around it. <laughs> yeah, that that's the kind of stuff I do when I make a logo, because uh, that's how amateurish I am with Photoshop. And yeah, I, <laughs> I really feel like someone went. This is just a quick mock up of the logo. Yep, finalized. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's not done yet. It could be worse. It could be the Bleeding Cowboys font. <laughs> <laughs> At least it was Ariel and not Times New Roman or just Comic, Comic Sans. <laughs> it's Papyrus or something. Oh, my God. Uh, and the main character has a very distinct design. Uh, I-, I heard a lot of people comparing him to VTubers, and apparently the lead character designer on this has designed VTubers in the past. Personally, what I thought of as soon as I saw this character with the, their blue and red alternating hair was that looks like a J-pop performer to me. I don't have... I, I'm, I'm not negative on this character's design. It's very distinct, and I think the character models in this game, they actually look great. But that was my first thought when I looked at mm. this character, is that person is about to go out and sing a song. Yeah, I think the designer specifically is done on Australian VTuber design. That's what they're known for. Because I think there's an Australian Hololive VTuber, which so it like brings brings us all together. Because it's like bringing in the Australian thing there. But no, I thought they looked cool. I was more interested when it looks like you can team up with like historically famous mm-hmm. uh, Fire Emblem characters. So when I saw Marth, mm. I was more like, "Ooh, hello, Marth!" <laughs> yeah, it looks like there are rings you can equip on different characters that lets them like channel the spirit of different characters from throughout the series which again makes me think that this was supposed to be a 30th anniversary release that just didn't make the release date oh yeah yeah and it it does feel like an anniversary celebration and i definitely got that impression by the main character looks like it's designed for a spin-off like fire (laughs) emblem heroes or um warriors the way the game was introduced like the voiceover talked about like pulling in warriors from across the different eras to fight this dragon is like, are you really releasing a third Fire Emblem Warriors game already? And it's like, nope, it was a new Fire Emblem game entirely. Yeah. I mean, it literally sounds like Fire Emblem Heroes, the mobile yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I sound like I'm negative on it, but I I pre-ordered the special edition already, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It comes with an art book. That's my weakness. It does. the the collector's edition looks really pretty I was moved by like you know um, I think we talked about it before but you know like the when you're running about um, in three houses and it was like really cool and you can talk to all the characters when they showed what you do and engage when you run about like the difference on how gorgeous it looks and I really hope it like plays well when it comes out because I was like oh my god the detail and the models and I was like oh I'm I'm really excited I might pre-order the same edition to be honest (laughs) <laughs> I just need to be careful because next year is like every month there's like something big coming out and I'm like oh no <laughs> yeah um, my last thought is that the hair for the main character someone on Twitter said what if the hair of the main character changed depending on what Joy-Cons were attached to the console oh that would be nice red and blue 
you know, that's oh, yeah. classic Switch colors. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. yeah. That, that would, would be, be really cool. cool. It would be weird. I don't know if it would be cool because there would be some. Be I've got the Zelda gimmick. Joy-Cons, though. What would that be? Like, you have the you Zelda Joy-Cons in if they have Triforces in his hair or something. <laughs> yeah, a little Triforce hair clip. Yeah, that'd be cute. Just in terms of presentation, too, I really like the look in this game. As I said, the character models, they just they look fantastic. But mm-hmm. also the way the maps kind of work now, like it starts out all zoomed out and you input your commands for your characters and then it zooms in. Uh, it's not quite seamless. There is a fade, but it, it like zooms in straight to the battle, then zooms back out, which I think is quite a bit different from Three Houses where like where after it zooms in, there, there's these other armies fighting in the backgrounds like where, where the hell did these people come from they're not on the map <laughs> uh, i always thought that was a really fake part of three houses and I, I just think this this looks much more like what i expected fire emblem to look like on switch i, I just wanted basically a, a high definition version of what the games looked like on the 3ds i approve mm. of, of how it looks here but we haven't seen everything yet so i, I don't know if it's going to be quite as in-depth as the uh the school stuff in Three Houses was, or if it's going back to, you know, just having support conversations in the the base menu between battles. We haven't seen it yet. Who knows? But Either way, yeah, it's fine. The school stuff is good, but it does slow down gameplay considerably, especially in um, Three Hopes. Mm, I still haven't yeah. finished that game just because you're talking to people and setting everyone up and doing all that much more than you're actually playing the game because it's a worries game and the missions are over in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that would bog things down, but we got to stay focused on the Nintendo Direct. So the next thing mm-hmm. announced was It Takes Two. That's going to be out November 4th. This is the uh, co-op action platformer. There was lots of leaks and rumors that this was coming out and there was a simultaneous pushback like no 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 the switch can't run it takes two now for me i have always been an advocate that the switch should be completely capable of running uh, the previous game from this developer uh, the a way out which is also a two-player co-op game uh, mm-hmm. i was actually expected to see that before i saw it takes two but it takes two is here uh, it's certainly not visually as impressive as it is on other platforms but surprisingly you can play this game split screen you can play it local multiplayer uh handheld or or tabletop mode i should say i don't probably don't want to play this co-op handheld (laughs) on one (laughs) screen uh or you can do local wireless and it has an online play with a, a free pass that a friend can download they don't have to pay any money but if you paid money for it they can play with you any excitement for it takes two and uh, any disbelief that it's actually coming to switch I, i've played it on the ps5 and it's 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 great but it's not one of those games that i'm gonna get again probably it's, um but if you have if for whatever reason if you only have a uh switch uh then i definitely mm-hmm. suggest playing it because i feel like there's not i wish there was more kind of games like it like co-op games because it feels like it's there's not that many these days and it's really fun just prepared for the feels it's a bit feely. <laughs> yeah, and also be prepared. You have to play this with a partner. It's not just something you yeah. can sit down and just do by yourself with a stupid bot. It doesn't work that way. Like, you, you need yeah. somebody to play with. And I'm worried that's going to give it a limited shelf life because just, like, the longer time goes on, like, the more likely the only way you're going to play this game is is to make a friend play it with you on the couch. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And next announcement was Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. That's going to be out in early 2023. Oh, yeah. excitement. Uh, yeah. Maiden of Blackwater <laughs> must have done well because uh, this game has now, it's now getting an HD, looks like a full-on remake. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this was the Wii game that Suda51 mm-hmm. worked on that he was so freaked out developing it he couldn't sleep at night. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I admittedly was very asleep when... <laughs> not asleep like i wasn't totally there when i was watching it all i just saw was oh we're getting another one that's cool it's famously got a very bad game breaking bug in it oh. which made it really unplayable so people are hoping that this means that it's going to be playable because <laughs> well, that's kind of what you want in a game it probably is that the other one did really well that makes me really excited because i always kind of felt like people slept on it back in the ps2 days it was called project zero over here it wasn't called fatal frame mm-hmm. uh but it's such a it's, i still think they're the scariest horror games because you have to you can't look away from the scariness you have to take photos and go right zoom right into the scariness um but this this is the one i haven't played so i'm i'm extra excited as long as they obviously it doesn't break <laughs> while i'm playing it yeah i didn't know it was a remake but i'm not that that doesn't affect my interest in it. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it. I've only played Maiden of Blackwater. And oh. I haven't finished it because it is a little bit... It's not like blur in your face scary. It's just the atmosphere is just very unnerving to be in for long amounts of time. Mm-hmm. So I've, I really want to finish it. But everything that I've played so far of it has just been... I'm a big horror fan and just having that much of that horror feeling without really being directly scared i guess is just fascinating and uh suda 51 is a very interesting game developer so next up we had xenoblade chronicles 3 expansion pass wave 2 the first real content release for the expansion pass will be out october 13th it introduces a new hero and a new hero class to unlock uh introduces the challenge battles which have both been in xenoblade chronicles definitive edition and in 2 and adds swimsuit costumes because of course (laughs) (laughs) sylvia have you beaten xenoblade chronicles 3 yet no it's so long (laughs) Yeah, it's a super long <laughs> game. Yeah. I'm at over 100 hours now, and I'm not done with it yet. I think I'm about... Oh, my. Narratively speaking, I am I must be about two-thirds of the way through, because the story beat I just went through was definitely uh, an end of Act 2 moment. <laughs> it was okay. the darkest It was the darkest moment for our heroes. And now, now things are bouncing back. Do you have any interest yeah. in getting this in this expansion pass? Did you already get this? I feel like I should get it now while I'm still playing the game, <laughs> if anything. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, if I'm if I'm not beating the game yet by October 13th, I might get this. But if I'm done, then I'm not. So we'll see what happens in the coming month. Because I, I just got, like, I did the start. Uh, there's a whole bunch of cutscenes at the start of Chapter 5. That's mm. where I'm at. Oh, okay. I'm I'm actually ahead of you. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. I did. I, oh, I haven't played for a while. You. <laughs> there were a lot of chapters in Xenoblade Chronicles too, so I was the sort of person yeah. to go, "I'll play a chapter and then go do something else." You can't do that with this. It's really hard to find a stopping point. Yeah, the chapters so, are much longer. A yeah, lot more happens in them. I think I'm like 50 hours in. Hmm. I'm only five chapters in, whereas I think who had like 18, 19 chapters or something ridiculous. I think it was 14, but yeah. 
Ah, uh, it was still a. That's double. I think it's seven and three. Oh, good. I'm glad you hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I feel like DLC like this is probably more useful to someone who plays Xenoblade like me, where I just I'll kind of one and done it. Because mm-hmm. there's like a whole challenge DLC in Xenoblade Chronicles two that I just never touched because. I finished it. Why yeah. would I go back? Yeah, I felt no need to do those challenge battles, but I also kind of hated the uh, the pace of the of the fights in Xenoblade Chronicles too. I, I would be a lot more inclined to actually look at them in Xenoblade Chronicles three because I'm not bored out of my mind whenever I'm fighting something. Yeah, absolutely. So next up was uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake, a brand new SpongeBob SquarePants 3D platformer. So the uh, remake of Battle for Bikini Bottom, whatever it's called, must have done well, because now Spongebob is getting a whole new one, and I'm sure the fans will be excited to see that. Are either of you any of those fans? I have never no. watched an episode of Spongebob in my life. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird, because I was a Nickelodeon fan, and Spongebob originated actually in 1999. Hmm. But I just, uh, I find it really annoying. I actually weirdly love and follow a YouTuber who's obsessed obsessed with Spongebob and that he collects Nickelodeon merch. And I like to watch it and I don't like Spongebob and I don't know why I like it. <laughs> so I'm excited to see like him like it, but I don't think I'm going to play it. I, I played the, um, what was the HD version of Rehydrated? That was the one I was like thinking of. Yeah, Rehydrated. Yeah. yeah, it was... You feel the age in it, even <laughs> if it's an HD remaster. It was a bit bizarre. Good, good on SpongeBob fans, <laughs> I guess. And then we had Fitness Boxing, Fist of the North Star. If you yes. uh, fall into that Venn diagram of Fitness Boxing <laughs> fans and Fist of the North Star fans, you must be very excited. Right. I, uh, if, if people aren't <laughs> familiar with this one, this is where the Oh My One More Shindeiru. You are already yeah. dead meme comes from. It's like a manga from the 80s and it's amazing. <laughs> and there's another game, unfortunately not on Switch. Mm-hmm. It's made by the people who did the Yakuza games. So it's got the same voice yep. cast as well as the Yakuza games. But that's not this. But <laughs> this looks fantastic. It looks like silly and over it the does. top. Where it's just taking itself too seriously. And that's just... You get so much humour out of that. I, I actually really might get this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah just like, <laughs> I actually I actually wanted to get the, the boxing game that was on the Switch anyway. Because it's actually meant like that and things like Just Dance are actually quite good for like, exercise. But this just seems like... It just seems so weird that it's just good. <laughs> I just I need to own it. I'm going to get fit for the memes. Exactly. <laughs> and then when I come on here to review it, I'll be like, eh, eh, it's, it's good. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. <laughs> I'm sure we'll all enjoy that. And then we had Oddballers out in early 2023. This looks like kind of a uh, overcooked take on dodgeball. Like, all the balls are ridiculous things like barrels and crates and rockets. Uh, and you fight in arenas that are like rafts going down a river and there are walls sticking out of the arena sides that'll try to knock you into the water while you're trying to play dodgeball looks like silly chaotic fun yeah i don't even remember this one unfortunately hmm. no nah, me neither 
<laughs> I, th- I think it's one of those genres, the party game genre. Yeah. It's starting to get a little crowded. It's been crowded for decades. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's crowded to the point where they all look the same to me. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I feel bad for saying that, but it's th- it doesn't look bad, I guess. As soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, overcooked. <laughs> yeah. There's another yeah. genre that we'll be talking about, like, <laughs> a little later. <laughs> uh, and then a much more exciting indie announcement. I knew this was coming to Switch. It had to. It was impossible that this game would not come to Switch. Tunic is coming September 27th. It's a uh, mysterious island adventure game, very blatantly inspired by The Legend of Zelda. I played it on Game Pass in the first half of the year. It's excellent. One of the best games I've played this year. I know Rosalie is excited for this one. Yeah, because I, I, I don't own uh, any modern Xbox consoles. I have all the other things, just not that. So I was like, oh, Zelda, yeah. Well, you know, inspired by Zelda. So I'm really excited on the Switch because it just feels like the perfect place to play on. Yeah, I, I'm worried people might be misled by it being compared to Zelda, though. That inspiration is certainly there, but this game takes a few mm-hmm. twists. And by the end of the game, you're you're barely playing the same game as you are uh-huh. in in the when you begin the game. So <laughs> you prepare yourself for that. But like, I shall. the coolest thing this game does is uh, it doesn't tell you anything at the start. It doesn't tell you the controls. It doesn't tell you what the story is. It doesn't tell you what your goals are. It doesn't tell you how to interact with anything. And all throughout the adventure, you find the pages of the video game manual actually in the game. And <laughs> they, when you find these manual pages, they'll tell you things like the controls or what the goal you're meant to be accomplishing is. And some of them are even like maps. It's like a super old school NES style manual that went back when manuals had information like that. Hmm. Uh, And if you zoom in on this really high definition pages of this manual they've made, you can actually see that whoever had this manual before you has made notes in the margins in a few places. So you, you have to decode those puzzles too. And this game just culminates in seriously one of the best video game puzzles I have ever seen. I delighted in solving it. It was so good. I have reviewed this on my website, playcritically.com. If you want to look that up, playcritically.com slash tunic dash review. That'll get you right to it. And cannot recommend this game enough. I'm so happy it's coming to Switch. The frame rate did look a little questionable in the trailer, though. That was concerning. But, oh well. (laughs) (laughs) And this has seen a few appearances in the past few directs uh, the front mission remakes there's apparently going to be three of them uh, i still have no idea what front mission is but there's front mission first remake is out in november front mission second like these are actually the the titles of the game front mission first second and third uh front mission second remake is out in 2023 and front mission third remake will be out at an undetermined date and i i believe Nobody on the podcast knows what Front Mission is. I think Andy was the only one who was <laughs> who even knew what this was. Probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll hear about these from Andy. I don't think any of us care. But it's it's a mech battle strategy game. So Story of Seasons: A Wonderful Life will be out in quarter three, twenty twenty three. This is a remake of a GameCube slash PS two Harvest Moon game. Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, obviously. 
uh, I actually own this on GameCube because I was excited to get into a Harvest Moon game back in, in the mid-2000s. And after playing it for the first few in-game days, I still hadn't planted anything and started growing anything. So I, I just kind of quit playing it after that because it's like, isn't this a farm sim? When, when am I going to start farming? It's a very different sort of farm sim you, you do do those things but this is more focused on following the complete life of your player character as it said in the trailer like you get married and you have a child and your child actually ages into adulthood and depending upon who your marriage option is and, and the uh choices you make throughout the game it will determine what career your child goes into and it's much more focused on the complete life of your character than on the smaller scale like this is what i grew today and how much money i got from it it's very different and i don't know mm. if i am a fan of that one thing that i am um, i think is really cool is the original one only let you play as a male character, yeah. you could only romance female ones. You had to buy a, in, a, a spin-off called Another Wonderful Life if you wanted to play yeah. as a woman. Yeah. In this one, you can play as male, female, or you can be non-binary, mm. uh, which is really, oh. really cool, especially for a Japanese game. And uh, I think you can actually then also pick your pronoun or your voice or something after that. I wasn't sure what the other thing was, but that that just that alone would make me want to support a game so um and i've not played a harvest moon type thing in a very long time so that was really cool to see yeah i don't think stardew valley even has non-binary choices yet does it uh oh yeah i can't remember mm. i don't th it, i don't think it does i mean i married penny <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can have like you can have um same sex marriages yeah. and things but i don't know if you can pick a non-binary option or pick like what your pronouns are i can't remember but yeah i just thought that was um cool that they that they've implemented that so i was like oh i might actually get this now because i used to not like play games like the original pokemons where you could only be like oh you have to be a boy <laughs> and it's like no i want to do whatever i want yeah. <laughs> and now when i play the pokemon games i always play as the girl i don't know why it's just it's just what i do <laughs> <laughs> you'll figure it out one day <laughs> sorry uh, no it's all right <laughs> My kind uh, needs to hear that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next announcement was the Splatoon 3 Splatfest, its first official yeah. Splatfest after launching. Uh, the question is, what would you bring to a deserted island? Gear, grub, or fun? Uh, you know, something to help you survive, something to eat, or something uh, to do? Food. I picked fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Food is fun. You hedonists. <laughs> You're going to starve to death, but at least you'll have your Switch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it seems like gear is the popular choice this time around. Yeah. So if you want to avoid being on the defending side for um, tricolor battles, don't pick gear. <laughs> now, the next announcement, I totally did not see this coming. Octopath Traveler 2 is coming out February 24th. I, I did not think that Octopath Traveler was going to get a sequel, and I certainly didn't expect it to be out in the next six months, but it's coming. Uh, first impression, oh my god, color. They actually have color in Octopath Traveler now. That was uh, a problem with the first game that both Sylvia and I have harped on it for. Now, it's basically just shades of brown. It's not real interesting to look at. 
but other than that, it seems to be Octopath Traveler all over again. The same basic premise. There are eight characters who all have different classes. Uh, the new twist to the gameplay now is the path actions, which are the abilities that the different characters can use in the overworld, mostly against other NPCs, actually change between day and night. They did not give any examples, but basically all the characters have two path actions now. And they also mentioned that there will be intertwining stories. That was another big criticism of the first Octopath Traveler was all the characters are basically on their own until the very, 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 very end of the game. Even though they were fighting with at least three other people and being followed around by seven people, they were basically on their own in stories. They were doing their solo stories while everybody else just stood around in the background as a ghost. Now, they've said that they're intertwining stories, but I don't know if that just means there's more of those little skits, those Tales-style skits where characters will comment on the stories, but they're not actually present in the story. I hope that's the case, that when they say intertwining stories, that they actually are intertwined. Like, you know, who you, you've chosen at different points of the game will change, maybe not in a in a totally meaningful way but like they'll actually be present in the scene and talking to the other character's villain versus just being a ghost i i rambled there i'm sorry <laughs> were either of you glad to see a, an octopath traveler sequel i i haven't played the first one but um i might actually be very blasphemous and get this on the ps5 because yeah. the first one wasn't on PlayStation consoles, but this one will be, and I think it will look quite nice. Well, the first one is on Steam, too, so you, yeah. you can play it there. That's true. I have a nice telly, though, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did like that it didn't look, because a lot of the games that have that kind of... the what, I don't know what the animation style is, the 2.5D the thing, look very brown. So mm. I, was, I was like, oh, it doesn't look as brown now. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, I might pick out, but not on the Switch. It still looks very overbloomed to me. The yeah, colors nice, but the bloom just gives me a headache. That's been the major thing keeping me away from this. Because the other two D H D games, they're colorful and they're not that bloomy. Mm. But this one still looks bloomy. I'm, I'm glad this color. That's a that's a step forward. <laughs> but it's still kind of hidden by that bloom. Yeah, I'm I'm still critical of. Some of the visual choices in Octopath Traveler, but I do like these kind of games. Like, even a bad retro RPG, I'll still gladly pay it, play it just because I like uh, 90s style, you know, 16 bit era RPGs. And uh, mm. this is actually, knowing this is coming, has completely upended my plans for the coming year. I really was <laughs> going to sit down and, and play Persona 5, but now I I've got to finish the first Octopath Traveler <laughs> before this comes <laughs> out. So oh, I'm no. sorry. Persona 5 has been pushed off until sometime in the future. I'm sorry. It's happened. <laughs> How dare you, Octopath. <laughs> <laughs> I've just added a new reason for Sylvie to resent this game. <laughs> <laughs> Next announcement, Fay Farm is going to be out in Q2 2023. This is the second farm sim that was announced. Uh, they didn't make a lot of hay out of this, but this is from the creators of Dauntless, uh, which is the uh, 
the free-to-play version of Monster Hunter that's out on all platforms. So I looked at that once I realized that was who Phoenix Labs was. I was like, is this going to be free-to-play too? They they didn't make it sound like it was. Uh, but this is a very heavily multiplayer-emphasized version of a farm sim. It looked like... I don't think there was a single moment of footage that didn't have four players on screen. Sounds like we don't have anything to say about Fade Farm. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I, I don't remember this one at all. I had uh, to look up an image and I'm like, oh, I kind of... <laughs> yeah. Of the farm sims they showed, this did look like the most forgettable. And with its yeah. freemium roots, that maybe is not surprising. Yeah. Yeah, just with this genre, I assume I don't have anything to say. <laughs> That's okay. Rosalie and I have it covered. <laughs> yeah. Next announcement, uh, Square Enix must be fans of the show because uh, I played Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory and then straight after that I went back to my 3DS and I replayed Theater Rhythm Curtain Call. <laughs> yeah. And... I said I would rather play another Theater Rhythm game, and well, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line is out February 16th, and it looks like just an update of the 3DS games. It's in HD and everything, but it's keeping the visual style with the very simple, like, paper cutout chibi-style characters that just walk along the screen, <laughs> uh, and it's got the same, like, barred notations going along the screen that you have to press the buttons in time to. I was thrilled to see this, and especially thrilled yep. to see that they didn't try to recreate it visually because that was the thing that I really was critical of in Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory was they tried to bring it up to the visual fidelity of the other console Kingdom Hearts games, and it just ended up being visually a, a very boring game as a result. Uh, so I'm very happy to see a faithful theater rhythm sequel slash update slash compilation whatever it is uh, it's gonna have 385 songs in total at launch and there will be season passes that bring that total up to 502 songs total that is a ridiculous amount of music from final fantasy and other square enix rpgs including chrono trigger the mana games the saga games live alive music is going to be in there and uh Near, uh, near, near series yeah, as well. the near series. I was yeah. trying to remember the name because I'm not a near <laughs> fan, so it just goes in my ear and falls right out of my head. <laughs> near, near. <laughs> I'm finally gonna play Near Automata next month, so let's just Yay. yeah. Uh, it's gonna have two player local co op and online competitive multiplayer. Very happy to see this. Sounds like Rosalie is happy to see it too. Oh yeah, so I know he's not the the only person that does music Final Fantasy, but Nobumatsu is like my, uh, uh, I'm an atheist, but he's like my god. <laughs> I've had the chance to meet, I've had the chance to meet him, and he's the reason why I'd, I I kept doing classical music when I was younger and, and did a music degree, and so the Final Fantasy music is like, means the world to me, and whenever they had these in the past, like 3DS one, I absolutely loved it. I also love music rhythm games, so it was like the combination of the best things ever. They're really fun. I don't. The DLC is probably going to be quite expensive. I'm probably going to buy it all. <laughs> it's just I'm really excited. It's just so, and I liked that the Nier's in it because 
as you will soon discover the music in that game I can't remember who the composer is but it's absolutely breathtaking so it'll be really cool to play um, the new music as well I'd be careful. I, I have a tendency to completely ignore music in the games I play. I, I <gasps> don't even notice it. <laughs> I think you will for... It's like quite a part in the kind of atmospheric of how Nier's a bit weird and a bit cool. Um, but I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous though because I just realized that the date is very close to the new Yakuza game coming out. So I'm like, okay, oh, maybe no. I can ask... Yeah, maybe I can ask for this for a Valentine's Day present or something. <laughs> oh dear, too many games coming out that are very good next year. I'm very worried and excited at the same time. Yeah, all these releases, almost all of the releases in here are out in like February next year. It's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these get bumped up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I'd like to give this one a try. I, I haven't played a Theatre Rhythm game before, but I'm definitely more interested now that they're doing like other Square Enix mm-hmm. um, franchises because there's some actual bangers. I can't remember if um, The World Ends With You is in there, but if it is... Uh, it was in the 3DS version, oh, and this yeah. seems to be pulling together all of the music that was on the 3DS games. So, yeah. Okay, I'll give this a shot then. I would not be surprised if the world ends with you is in there as well. Hopefully Neo as well. Yeah, I don't know. Like like probably. It's, maybe it's the <laughs> DLC. Yeah. I don't I don't remember seeing it in the trailer. Third form sim announcement for this, uh, and the one I was most happy to see. Uh, Rune Factory three special will be out in twenty twenty three. Uh like the Rune Factory four special version that's out on Switch. This uh, updates the DS game the Switch in HD graphics, but is otherwise a, a faithful port. Uh, like Rune Factory 4 Special, it adds new post-game chapters for every marriage candidate, so if you want to see everything in this game, there is literally hundreds of hours of game to do that. And from what I hear from series fans, Rune Factory 3 is the best one in the series. So pretty exciting all around to see this coming. Uh, I have been stacking these farm sims and there were these rune factory games in particular on my backlog for a while now i'm sure this one's going to get added to it too next year i would like to actually start playing them but i, I was glad to see this uh, any rune factory three the fans on the show grizzly uh i've not played i've not played them i i've always wanted to play one but i never know what is the definitive one to play and so i was confused like well should i get the newest one or then stick with this one that's coming out um but i do because it's it's form sim ish with anime-ness in it so I, i i do like it i just it's just one of those things it's like i'll get to at some point what i hear from fans is this is the one to get so oh, okay. there's that question asked, answered. And announcement, new Rune Factory series in development, which probably isn't surprising to anybody. The Rune Factory games <laughs> are really successful. Of course, they're making more of them. It's like, duh. <laughs> but that was part of it. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. Nintendo 64 app is getting a lot of new games in the coming mm. months. It's getting Pilot Wing 64, Mario Party 1, 2, and three, which is surprising. Uh, I would have guessed that Mario Party 1 at least wouldn't come over given its uh, infamous <laughs> joystick chicanery that, uh, mm. 
young young people, myself among them, were literally damaging their palms, uh, <laughs> rotating joysticks. Uh, those mini games are in the the latest Mario Party. There's yeah. just a warning that, that just says don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so, that'll uh, stop people from doing it, Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're off the hook. Yeah. yeah. Well, modern joysticks are also much better too. Part of the problem was the Nintendo 64 joystick was a terrible joystick, which uh, contributed to the need to rotate it with your palm. So ho- hopefully mean, that's less necessary with the uh, Joy-Con architecture. If you're playing this with the reproduction controllers. Oh. Oh. Well, anyway, don't do that. Take take my <laughs> advice. Uh, you know, wearing away the skin on your palm is not worth it to win a stupid minigame in Mario Party. There are better ways to do that. Yeah, luckily my wounds did not get infected, but that probably did happen to some people, Ugh. which is the real problem with uh, you know, <laughs> gouging a hole in the palm of your hand. <laughs> uh, next announcement, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 is coming. There was a tiny text disclaimer, Pokemon cannot be imported into Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. Uh, we have discussed in the past if these games did come, if they would be compatible with a potential Game Boy player, and... When I read this disclaimer, I thought, "Does that is that referring to Pokemon Home? Like those ones can't mm. be imported, or, or are they literally covering themselves in advance and saying that the uh, Game Boy Player won't be compatible with Pokemon Stadium?" I've played Pokemon <laughs> Stadium. Uh, the entire point of the game is to get you to play the Game Boy games more. It, it literally has uh, the Game Boy Tower in it that you could play the Game Boy games on, and if you unlocked it, you could actually play the Game Boy games two and three times faster, and you could import your Pokemon from the Game Boy games, and otherwise you could only use rental Pokemon that you can't... They don't level up. They have, like, preset moves. It's kind of a really boring way to play the game. I I really... I don't see the appeal of these games if you can't import. Two is a huge difference different game though oh good that's good i'm glad you so that. yeah two had um this like pokemon academy mm-hmm. where it only gave you specific pokemon against specific pokemon oh, and you had to actually okay. think about what you were doing and you could like you went up against different trainers um the mini games were in my opinion better yeah uh, and then you could actually you could actually do the they had the thing as well where you could do all the gym leaders and the elite four and things but it two two actually got rid of the speed um boost which people i remember being really annoyed at mm. back in the day the only diff there was a different things where you remember your room that you could do up in gold and silver you could see that in 3d and oh, you wow. could actually do an extra mystery gift <laughs> so you could do mystery gift in your game and then you could play <laughs> stadium 2 and then get another one which was because i was the only one that had it as a kid i was people would come to my house and like get the extra gift but it, two a uh, two i think if, if if you haven't played it, will be because this had all these extra modes in it, and it just felt like a total upgrade from the original. But it, it is, I, I understand, it must be really hard to make it actually functional with adding stuff from Pokemon Home. So it totally makes sense. That just means they should make a brand new Pokemon Stadium, though. <laughs> they they should. A thought I'm yeah. having right now is, what if there's no Game Boy Player? What if when you're playing Pokemon Stadium One and Two, you can just go to the Game Boy Tower? And you can just play the Game Boy Pokemon game there in the Nintendo 64 app. Oh, that would be cool, especially because there's no Game Boy like library yeah. on the Switch yet. Yeah, yeah, that would be really smart. That would be a I don't think that would be a really cool compromise. I think if they did that. 
Yeah. I was going to say, I can see these coming out with the Game Boy player, like the mm. NSO app, if they do that. Because I, I'm pretty sure one was just compatible with red, blue, yellow, and then two was yeah. gold and silver. Yes. Yeah. And crystal. And crystal. And crystal. Yeah. yeah. So I, I could see them, like, just now saying that you can't transfer anyone because it's not compatible with home which is the only thing that's out right now. That was my um, reading of that that disclaimer text. But th- that's what I'm leaning towards now, is I'm hoping that the Game Boy games will just be integrated into the Nintendo 64 app when you go to the Game Boy Tower. I'm really hoping they mm-hmm. do that, because really, I never played Pokemon Stadium 2 because Pokemon Stadium 1 was just kind of a disappointment for me. But really, there's just no point in playing Pokemon Stadium 1 if you don't have a Game Boy game to pair with it. It's just, it's not... A rewarding experience yeah. unless you do the mini games at drinking game the mini games are very good yeah and <laughs> those, that'll probably be but, the main draw for a lot of people <laughs> which is if these were getting added before um because i think they're not i think stadium one and two said was it next year i believe they were in that yeah yeah if it was before that would have been my birthday sorted <laughs> <laughs> But the mini games are really um, still fun. I think most people just remember the mini games, and maybe. <laughs> and uh, also coming to Nintendo 64 up, 1080 degrees snowboarding, Excite Bike 64, and finally GoldenEye is coming. And Yay! online play will be exclusive to the Switch version of the game. GoldenEye is also coming to Rare Replay on Xbox, but it will not have online multiplayer there. So. Maybe it's because I didn't own an N64 when I was growing up, but I I do kind of feel like N64 games aren't as good as people remember. They aren't. Okay. (laughs) So I would argue that they are. Uh, And the (laughs) only reason that FPSs took off as they did is because of GoldenEye. GoldenEye is like the the game to FPSs. Shooters. Yeah, it, but but even a lot of things. So like, GoldenEye is to FPS is that uh, Resident Evil Four is to modern like over the shoulder things, and also it was comp- the music was composed by a Scottish person who also did the music for like Banjo Kazooie and stuff. You had the Donkey Kong mode, which I'm assuming is being renamed when it goes on Xbox because that's like a Nintendo exclusive thing. No, but GoldenEye, I I do have some nostalgia bias for it, but. It's one of those games where I can play years and years on and I still get the same enjoyment and I still absolutely adore it. So I'm in the camp that it is still very, very, very good. (laughs) And when I replay GoldenEye today, I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. It's practically unplayable. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I I think sometimes there's like a thing where it's like cool to hate on things that were like popular so i i think sometimes it's that but no i still absolutely adore it anyone else that's listening that's in the golden egg camp you're cool <laughs> probably not saying that they're bad games it's just more like people still say that ocarina of time is the best video game ever and it's like no it's not the princess is better <laughs> it was really good for the time and it was a trendsetter and it Anyway, I'm, I'm going off of track. It's just yeah, I, I'm the wrong person to argue that too because it's literally still one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, it can Majora's be, Mask like... is better. Majora's but Mask like... is is 
better but it, it's, it's harder so it's like a different that's like a whole different thing but Everything I still that these games have done has have been done better and these games yeah. paved the wave for those games yeah but people but yeah I... you, you can agree with that at least yeah of course of course I don't think it's like the best game of all time but I think there's a reason people will still continue to play it over and over oh and over absolutely again. I just yeah there's people that will say Modern games suck compared to N64 games. Oh no no no! I hate that. No, really. Like, I think the good thing is like if if like a bit of everything, like modern games, Mm. like the retro stuff, like like be excited, just be excited for all of it. But I I do still like Goldeneye. I love retro (laughs) games. I just feel like N64 in particular, and maybe PS1, just have this nostalgia goggles on, and then a lot of new players, you know here i gotta play this because everyone says it's the best game ever and then they play it and it's doesn't checkpoint properly and the controls are wonky and the ai is just overly aggressive or stupid you know stuff like that so like just i guess what i'm saying is if you haven't played these games before go in with the mindset that these are retro games and they hadn't figured out gaming conventions as well as they have now like yeah, Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1, that was when like 3D polygonal games became like mainstream accessible. You could play them on PC before then, but it was very expensive and not everybody mm-hmm. uh, was able to mm. do it. But Nintendo 64 PlayStation 1 came out, you could buy just a dedicated console to do it. It wasn't super expensive, uh, and that was when those games became mainstream. And like the games that I remember well today, like Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, those were the games that did that kind of game like well at the time. And yeah. they still... They're, they're playable today. They're enjoyable today. Uh, but then there are also all the other ones from the era that are less so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they hold up. Operation Winback is on the N64 library, mm. and people are like, yeah. And I was like, I own that. That is one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> a very a very early cover shooter. Yeah, it's weird. But um, yeah, I always go into it knowing, because even I'd suggest someone played Ocarina of Time, I'd say the 3DS version play that one yeah um mm. but, with a guide or yeah ask for help uh, yeah Ogni of time isn't hard though. it's not hard majora's mask use a guide for majora's mask because otherwise you will hate it yes <laughs> majora's mask will get you to start journaling yeah next announcement was various daylife from square enix it's a uh rpg of some kind where like you live your life in the city doing like jobs and stuff then you go outside and you fight wolves very strange trailer uh this was actually square enix's debut on apple arcade so this is a mobile phone game yeah and uh nothing i've seen about people who have bought the switch version has been positive zero positive reactions to this game also has like the worst name i have ever heard awful (laughs) Awful. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, that it's up. like it's it's like you show the game to your yeah. grand and they're like, oh, what's this various daylife? Oh, yeah. it's like it just it sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> like current era Square Enix are just uniquely terrible at naming their games, but this is just the worst thing I've ever seen them do. Various yeah. daylife. What the hell? Is that? Just uh, ask for help, please. <laughs> uh, next announcement was Factorio which I was very excited to see because I've heard a lot about this game. Then I found out about the developer. And oh, yeah. now I, I don't, I don't want to yeah. buy the game anymore. 
just throwing that out there. <laughs> Moving on, Ib uh, is out in Q2 2023. It's about a girl who gets lost in a, a museum where the exhibits come to life and freak the hell out of her. Look, look kind of interesting. Very unusual co- sort of simple graphics indie game <laughs> appearing in the midst of all this AAA splooge. Uh, did Ib catch either of your eyes? I've been hearing that it's kind of like that. I wouldn't say horror game, but like it's it's that off of putting unsettling, unexpectedly genre. I don't know mm. how to really describe it, but yeah, I'm gonna keep I, an eye on it. Yeah, it reminds me of that kind of RPG maker horror type games that were really mm, yeah. that we've talked about before. Um, which I really like. So I was very intrigued by this one. I actually forgot it was called Ib, though. <laughs> I had to look up images and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next announcement, Mario Striker Battles League is getting its next free update. Pauline and Diddy Kong will be added to the game. Now, as always, this is content Nintendo already had ready to go at the game start, and they're just patching it in now to hopefully bring eyes back onto the game. Will it succeed? This is how well oh. holding back content works for you, Nintendo. Just include these characters <laughs> at launch. Uh, next announcement, Atelier Ryza 3, Alchemist <laughs> of the End and the Secret <laughs> Key will be out February 24th. Uh, this is a huge hole for me, the Atelier Ryza game. So I looked at this, I was like, this uh-huh. is a beautiful game. Uh, yeah. Can't really tell what it is. It looks like it's a, an action RPG, but it also has some life sim stuff in it, maybe. I saw her cutting down trees. I don't know for what purpose. <laughs> I did look at this and I was like, I need to play the first two games of this because this looks really cool. I have some friends that are like dedicated fans of this series. Um, and in fact, we had a group chat when this came on and we were all like, oh, it's it's a game for him. Yay. The original um, games of the series all about alchemy and things, but this is the one that's more like actually like old like JRPG heavy. I've not played mm. them, but I really really want to because they are apparently are absolutely gorgeous. So um, this has made me want to get the first one like a hundred percent, and I'm kind of excited about delving into it properly because I have lots of people that cosplay it and don't shut up about it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first two Atelier Ryza games are on Switch. Not the entire Atelier yeah. series, but yeah, the Atelier Ryza no. games are like the the ones I like. I should play those. Then we'll see about yeah. the rest of the, the rest of the Atelier games. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, next announcement: Mario Kart 8 Booster Course Pass Wave Three will be out in Q4, uh, probably in time for Christmas, based on the fact that one of the game, maps being included is Merry Mountain from Mario Kart Tour, a heavily Christmas-themed level, and there'll also be Peach Gardens from the DS. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Tell us about Peach Gardens, Obi. Um, so you're driving around uh, Peach's Gardens, uh, if that, the name <laughs> did make that clear. No, it's really interesting because you're kind of driving through like a hedge garden. So there's multiple paths um, and there's chain chomps going through the different sections of the mazes. So it's really fun. Really, really fun. Uh, I'm glad that it's getting a remake, I, I think. It was only in the Wii version before this, so... Uh, I think the direct said it was a DS game, the DS... It's a DS one, yeah. but it was also in the Wii one as a retro oh, I see, course. I see, I see, I see, okay. Mary Mountain, I've been reading that it's one of the best tour original maps, so mm-hmm. Ninja Hideaway was already fantastic, so if it's on that level of quality, um, it looks like there's anti-grav stuff for when you're on the snow going down the mountain. Oh, that's good, yeah. And they've brought back half pipes. Yeah, I, I don't get the point of the half pipes. It just seems like that would slow you down. But, you know, I, I haven't it, raced it, on any maps with half pipes before. 
It looks like the double item boxes are in some of the half pipes. Oh. So you specifically have to go use them if you want the double item box. Yeah, unfortunately, these maps already, these tracks already leaked through data mining. Oh. So yeah. not that exciting. I'm, I'm not going to get into what the other ones are. If you've managed to avoid them so far, keep it that way, because the, the surprise of seeing what's coming is pretty cool. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports is getting its golf update finally in Q4. There will be 21 holes from across the Wii Sports series, and it supports eight players' online simultaneous play. I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you really want to play like motion control golf, just get Mario Golf Super Rush. I was super down on that game when it came out, but the single-stroke play mode is exactly what it is in Nintendo Switch Sports, and you get a whole lot more than 21 holes. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this looks like a pretty minor update that's taking way too long to come out. Yeah, I never ended up picking this up. Um, I was really just disappointed with the, the way they went about Nintendo Switch Sports entirely. Yeah, it, it came out too late. This should have been a launch game, and there's not enough in it. <laughs> like, well, they got rid of their Miis, which is like their, their, their thing. Oh. And they just got these generic-looking characters now. There aren't Miis in it, but like they've mostly been replaced by these new... They look like shovelware characters. It doesn't look like a Nintendo game. And, you know, you can't really get that sort of thing out of your head once you start playing it, I, I get, I'm guessing. Because people still complain about that. Well, and speaking of Mario Golf, uh, the, the developers of the Everybody's Golf series, at least some former developers from it, have put out a golf game on the eShop. came out the same day as this Direct. It's called Easy Come, Easy Golf. Uh, if you look at it, try not to hold its graphics against it. This is just kind of what the Everybody's Golf series has always looked like. But these were also the people who worked on the original Mario Golf games that I was a big fan of. So that might also be something you might want to look at. Uh, next up, Shigeru Miyamoto joined us briefly to remind us all that Pikmin Bloom exists. I don't think anybody cares still, uh, but the <laughs> bigger announcement—oh, you still play? Oh, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you have anything to say about that? Um, they could have said something new. It was literally <laughs> there was no. <sighs> it, they were literally just reminding day. people that this game existed, as if like. Yeah. They, they, was, did they ignore it when it came out? I don't remember it being in a direct before. No. I, that's probably why they've done this. So, like, no one's actually downloaded it. Um, <laughs> highly recommend it. Pokemon Go is, like, really full on when you play it, when you walk. Pikmin Bloom is something that does a really good job of being played in the background. And you can, like, do your stuff after a walk, after you get home. Check it out. Well, I've also read that while you're playing Pikmin Bloom, it does generate that flower path behind you to show you where you've been, which is is yeah. interesting. But I've also read about privacy concerns about that, that other people can see that and they can literally see where you've been. Yeah. You, you can turn off flower planting in mm -hmm. certain areas and it's a pretty wide radius. Okay. So you can set one around your work, you can set one around your home, um, and also the flower pedals like the it's really broad like if you were to try and find my home address through it you'd have to pick between like three or four houses well and, and also the way he talked is like uh you could play the game as as you 
go about your your daily life it was like buddy this is post covid I, I only leave the house <laughs> once or twice a week at the most <laughs> yeah yeah it's good for like if you go on regular walks like i do because you you walk to grow pikmin you use those pikmin to gather like you feed them nectar to get petals from them mm -hmm. and then you use those mm -hmm. petals to plant flowers and that helps you find more fruit for nectar and more pots to grow new pikmin and when you level up pikmin to the max level they go out back to where you found them and they pick up a little present and they're called decor um pikmin so i found it like a little pikmin wearing a little air toy airplane because i was at the airport recently oh but they, they go and do that in real time. So because I was in Brisbane recently, and I'm down much further south in Australia, if I get that for any of the Pikmin I picked up in Brisbane, they have to walk all the way up to Brisbane and back. So it takes like a week. <laughs> and then the bigger announcement from this, uh, Pikmin 4 has been officially confirmed. Uh, there's quite a development story on Pikmin 4. <laughs> Apparently, Miyamoto said back in 2015 that the game was almost done. Uh, it's now 2022. You might notice it hasn't been released yet. Uh, they didn't show us much. Uh, we know it's going to be out next year, and we know the camera lets you get right down uh, to Olimar and the Pikmin's levels. Uh, I guess that, that is a detail. Uh, it looked like Olimar is the main character again. Uh we played Pikmin 3, the remaster, a couple years back. I wasn't too hot on it. Sylvie, did you ever finish it? I remember you were having problems with the management stuff. You were getting overwhelmed and stressed out. Yeah, I, I ended up finishing it. Um, I really liked it, but I think I had that problem more in 1 and 2, and 3 was a bit easier to manage that stuff. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I just get overwhelmed by choice. And sometimes it gave you multiple choices of what to focus on in a day. And Andy, I think, played for less than 20 minutes and quit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Rosalie, are you a Pikmin fan? Uh, I've only played the first one back in the day, and I, I liked it. That's my favorite <laughs> one, I too, still. Yeah, I haven't got any experience with the others. I, I just kind of like whenever they bring back something that they don't really focus on. I would prefer if it was like, you know metroid prime <laughs> or Star Fox, but you know you can't pick your battles so i'm like oh, okay pikmin cool <laughs> it does seem like the pikmin series is the only one shigeru miyamoto is really actively working on anymore <laughs> mm. otherwise he just drops into uh poop on everybody's work then leaves again yeah, yeah. <laughs> flips the table and leaves uh, next announcement just dance 2023 is going to be out november 22nd uh, I don't think anybody's surprised to hear this. This has been an annual series for 15 years now. <laughs> uh, this does seem to be much more of a live service game than the past games have been. Uh, certainly it's been emphasized more in this trailer, its live service features. Uh, I feel like Rosalie is a Just Dance fan. Uh, I've played some of them because they're good for... Um, the last one I had was one that had Gangnam Style on it. Oh my, so okay. That was, a, that was a wee while ago. That was 10 years um, ago, but, yeah. Oh, oh no! Time um, is a void. But they're, yeah, they're really good for. Uh, so I am. I need. I need to. Ex they're good for exercise and stuff because they're like a laugh. Um, and if if I pay for like a tenner for one month and I can just play it for one month, that would um, because yeah, you it might be like more of a life service in, and that's really really cool. 
Um, it's just whether or not I can be bothered because <laughs> I, I I need to play more of um, Ring Fit Adventure and I haven't. Yeah. They're they're fun. <laughs> hey, Harvestella, we've seen a lot of this lately, but they showed mm. another trailer for it. The thing that really caught my eye in this trailer, which was just a lot of really fast clips, was that there appears to be airship travel, which makes me wonder just what the scale of this game is going to be. And there are going to be different towns that each of them seem to be associated with a different season. That made me wonder if instead of like time passing normally and seasons passing normally, if like if you want to grow summer crops, you go to the summer town, there's a summer farm there you work yeah. on. Maybe, I don't know. There's a demo available now, and I know Rosalie played it. Rosalie, why don't you tell us about it? It runs poorly. It, yeah. it's, almost un- it's almost unplayable in handheld mode. For whatever reason, it is blurry. You can't see anything. Uh, there's lag issues in the battles. Um, it is going to be on Steam. If you play, if you mostly play your Switch in handheld, don't buy this game. Also, the days go really quickly. Oh wow! If you fu- if you do if you do some so the demo was either 15 full days or up until the end of chapter two. Um, I did like just up until like the story kind of into chapter two. The days go by really quickly, so it's not like Stardew Valley where you. It's kind of quick, but you can like judge how much you can do. If you do some farming, then it'll be like, oh, I'm feeling sleepy now. And it's like hmm. 6 p.m. And you're like, okay. That's weird. And then it's like, yeah. And then it does that thing in Stardew where you if you collapse and the doctor takes money from you. And then uh, it was just, it, it felt very un... I know it's a demo, but I, I didn't like more things than I liked about it. And I was a bit disappointed and... I don't I don't know. I don't know how much is gonna be I play my Switch like ninety percent handheld mode, so it's just automatically like a no go. I might get the Steam version maybe. And the writing in it's really good though, it's really funny and witty. There was also barely zero voice acting, but that could have been a demo thing rather than a like an actual thing in the main game. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is because of the demo, because like the uh Treehouse Live segment they did at, back in July or maybe it was the beginning of this month. I don't remember. The days seem pretty long, and they did some farming before they went out on their adventuring in the forest, uh, looking for a unicorn. Yeah. And they did the farming just fine, and then walked around all day just fine. But I don't know how deep it, in the game they were at that point. The the demo from what the demo, it feels like a JRPG that sh- has shoved some farming stuff in it. Rather than it's like a farm game, yeah, if I, that makes sense. I wondered if this is going to be like a half step between the two. Like, yeah. if you're an RPG fan that wants to get into farm sims, if, if this might be, you know, closer to RPG than Rune Factory is, uh, I don't know. Yeah, We'll have to play it and find out. Um, yeah. Next up, Bayonetta 3 guys, will be out October 28th. Another one that we've seen a bit of in the past few directs. Uh, this, uh, the new threat this time are homunculi, which are constructs made by humans i thought that was interesting like the first game you fight angels the second game you fight demons and now we're fighting the human built monsters uh luca's back i freaking hate luca he's one of the worst characters in any game i've ever played uh (laughs) not excited to see him again uh we're gonna play bayonetta 3 at least some of us are so i don't think we need to say anything more about this uh did either Mm. of you watch the new trailer that came out alongside this no, I want to go in blind. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Uh, this I know will make some of you excited at least. Master Detective Archives Rain Code will be out in Q2 next year from the makers of Danganronpa. Uh, feel free to gush extensively like I know you will. 
it looks cool. <laughs> Danganronpa is just awesome, and this just also just looks awesome. But then again, I really like those kind of games. So, and I've watched the anime, and I've played all the side games and things. So, <laughs> there's a little bit of bias there. But no, this just looked really smart. Um, I am quite excited about this one. Actually, it's definitely on my radar. Clearly not a game for me. Um, mm. I saw like eleven-year-old master detective. Yeah, right. And he has amnesia too. Go to hell. <laughs> no. Yeah, the Danganronpians are very. Uh, don't take them seriously. They're very silly. So, if you if you're a visual novel fan, then that's like, and you like anime and you know anime tropes, then they are for you. If you do not like anime, then just avoid them at all costs. And I was worried about like uh, some of the mystery solving mechanics like you go into like a a dungeon that has all of the mystery solutions inside it and you have to like make different choices like you have to go down certain hallways that have answers to questions above them and like it looks like you fight maybe pseudo bosses they're like throwing like entire paragraphs of text at you and you have to dodge it if it's not the answer to the current mystery is like I don't have time to read all that while this <laughs> boss is throwing stuff in my face. Like, is that really how that works? Is there yeah, no time based, to read that? <laughs> that's based on um, the original gameplay. So after, when you come to the trial, um, people would say things and you could fire like a sentence at them, almost like mm. the kind of objection of Phoenix Wright. We actually, yeah, it was like a bullet of, no, that's not right. You were actually in this room at this time and I saw this person. So I think they're trying to like, you like, put that kind of mechanic into it but it'll be interesting to see how it works the the gameplay that bit of the original games is really difficult and it takes a while to be like oh that's what you're meant to do and it was originally on the vita so i think it, it they've kind of adapted it with everyone but um yeah i'm just i'm intrigued it, they are a bit very all over the place but that's what i like about them <laughs> okay and then there's something weird happened with my stream here i think they showed some resident <laughs> evil games but it just it kind of turned all gray like it was covered with a cloud or something and it's you know just whatever we're just moving on uh sifu which is a uh a new combat focused game it's been out on playstation i think uh that's coming out yeah. on switch november 8th it's a kind of a cool looking martial arts game i think based heavily on the the arkham asylum style combat uh where the the conceit is every time you die you your character ages a year and then you play the level over again and the older they get the more abilities they get but also the less health they have and you have to finish the entire game before they die of old age i think it's a really cool idea for a game i'd want to see how it runs on switch but uh, likely we'll be getting this i love that concept I, I didn't know about that whole aging thing so um but I've heard good things about this. So now I've actually got a bit more interest in it. Hmm. I really hope it does run well on Switch. And then I thought for sure this was getting shoved off to next year because they announced it and then we heard nothing about it. But Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is still coming December 13th, uh, at least on the eShop. We'll see about the physical version. Um, they are really emphasizing that this is a remaster, I think, to differentiate from the Final Fantasy VII remake. Although, looking at this game, it looks like all new art assets, they've streamlined the combat. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a remake to me, but mm -hmm. I think they're just trying to make sure people aren't confused that this is a remake on the level of the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is literally an all-new game, whereas this is the same game that was on PSP, but 
remade. There might be changes to some things to make it tie into the whole reimagining thing, yeah. though. But we don't know what that's going to be yet, and I'm really worried because I love the original, probably one of my favorite PSP games. <laughs> And Final Fantasy VII is my favorite thing ever, and I didn't like the reimagining thing, but I'm still going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm part of the problem. I have it. I just have no real desire to play it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's good. The battle system's really... I think you might like it. It's it's weird, but it does something cool and interesting. Also, the collector's edition, which I don't know. It might be a Japan-only thing. It comes with a love letter from Aerith, and I thought that was just really cute, and I cannot contain how cute that is. Uh, but I think Japan-only is getting that. I think we just get a steel book or something, so... Ugh. Oh, well. And cult classic Shmup Radiant Silver Gun is out on the eShop now. Uh, apparently, if you want to get this game, not this version, it's going to cost you several hundred dollars to do it. It's supposed to be really good. I'm not really a fan of Shmups. Are either of you excited to see this? Not particularly. Yeah. No. Uh, Endless Dungeon, a procedurally generated dungeon crawler that looks like it has action shooter, maybe twin stick shooting mechanics where you team up with two other people. It could be online. It sounds like you could play with bots too. Uh, to escape a space station that's overrun with bugs. Looks <laughs> uh, <laughs> like kind of my kind of game. I might play this when it's out next year. Uh, Tales of Symphonia remastered. I was thrilled to see this because I did not understand why Tales of Vesperia got remastered before Symphonia did. Uh, Tales of Symphonia was the game that really put thrust the Tales series into the the mainstream. Like it had been on Super NES and it had been on Game Boy Advance and Wonder Swan and systems like that. But Tales of Symphonia came out on GameCube and it was a big deal. And uh, I played it, I loved it, and I am looking forward to playing it next year. There's just, um, so when they uploaded it to the Nintendo eShop for like marketing, mm-hmm. uh, they left in a developer screenshot that showed it was running the PS3 emulator. Oh no. So it, it's only <laughs> running at 29 frames. So that's just a, a disclaimer <laughs> that I have discovered because somebody, whoopsie, uh, double check the screenshots before you upload them onto a major marketing website. Uh, but I'm excited to play this one because I've only t- played Arise and Biseria and everyone always goes on about this being the best one. So I'm still going to get it. <laughs> I just hope it runs okay. Yeah, when Tales of Vesperia came out, me and Andy played it for the podcast and we both kept complaining about things the combat system in Vesperia was doing. And I kept adding after every complaint, Tales of Symphonia didn't do it that way, and it was better. (laughs) (laughs) But that'll be out early next year. Pre-orders are already up, so I I think it's in in stone that that'll be coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Sizzle Reel Life is Strange Arcadia Bay Collection is finally coming. It's coming out September 27th. Uh, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remastered will be out December 1st. I'm not a big fan of the Saga games, but they seem to be doing well in these remasters. Uh, Lego Brick Tales out in Q4. Couldn't make much of that game. It just looked like kind of an adventure game in, in dioramas, maybe like a, a Captain Toad Treasure Tracker style game. Disney Speedstorm will be out in 2022, sometime mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I was really going to give this a miss, and then Disney Starlight Valley 
Dream, dream, Dreamlight dream, Valley. Dreamlight Valley. Yeah, I'm thinking Stardew yeah. Valley. <laughs> Disney Dreamlight Valley has come out, and it's way better than anybody expected it to be. It's way better than a <laughs> basically a Disneyland promo has any right to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm a lot more interested in Speedstorm now because it's from the same developer. I don't know if we have anything more to say about that. Do you, Rosalie? <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And Fall Guys Season 2 starts September 15th. Uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, a remake of a Wii game, which is a remake of the original <laughs> uh, Kirby's Dreamland, which is why it's called Return to Dreamland. So it's a remake of a remake. will be out February 24th. Uh, another Kirby game I'm actually interested in playing. I'm very happy to see that. Same. I haven't played this one. All right, then. Uh, then the big announcement of... <laughs> uh, I didn't know if this was actually going to come in this direct. If I had guessed, I would have guessed it would come in the first direct of next year. Although so many of the games announced in this direct are out in January and February. I really wonder if we're going to get a January direct in 2023. We'll see. But Mm -hmm. anyway, Breath of the Wild 2, we got some more information on it. Not a lot of trailer footage. Actually, I think the last teaser trailer they put out for it actually had more footage in it but this had actual details for it we have a title it's called tears of the kingdom and this was already deduced by mega fans who were looking at the other trailer that the game is going to focus on the zonai who are one of the many ruined kingdoms you can find around hyrule and breath of the wild and there's all kinds of great lore videos out there you can watch uh, probably the ones by Zeltik, Z-E-L-T-I-K on YouTube. Go into the most depth on those if you want to look those up because you can very easily play through Breath of the Wild and never even realize that this entire race and kingdom existed. But they're there. Uh, and that game will be out May 12th, 2023. So, are we excited? Yeah! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been oh. waiting so long. I mean, I've just been waiting yeah. for this game so long that I can only keep the hype up for so long. I'm so numb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to play it. I'll probably love it. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. I can't keep that. It's not sustainable to go, yes, can't wait for this for, you know, true, two years. Yeah. I think it's been three years, four years since that first announced that it was in development probably they announced it way too soon <laughs> yeah that i'm not a, usually nintendo are pretty good at the time between announcement and release date they really flubbed it on this one and now my excitement i don't know it, it's there but it's not i'm not dying to play this anymore i I'll, i will play it it's hard to describe you know what i mean though right like i don't know <laughs> it's when um this was the one that said it said um the date because it was i had to watch the american one and i was like christmas next year that's ages away <laughs> i was like oh wait a second and then it was an, another oh no because may is my mum's birthday my father-in-law's birthday and my fiance's birthday in the same month so for a present for all of them, they get to see me buy Zelda and enjoy Zelda. <laughs> but I don't think that's enough. That's probably the right choice. <laughs> I respect um, that choice. And I think, yeah, I think the name is why Nintendo didn't stream it in the UK. Because when that was revealed, it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I think it, they just didn't of... want to wade into that minefield. Because like, there would instantly be memes about 
you know, Tears of the Kingdom, both sincere and ironic. Without... Well, there was anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Splatoon 3, uh, apologies if anyone likes the monarchy, I'm Scottish, so you know I don't. Um, when Splatoon 3 was like, um, like, Queen, the Queen would have liked Splatoon, it was really weird. <laughs> and um, it was every second it was like, R.I.P. Queenie. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? But we could still watch the American ones, so it was all good. Um, yeah, maybe it's not that far away, really. Is it? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> There's so much, so many things coming out that it'll come really quickly that we'll realise, oh, it's out. So there's kind of more things to get your excitement so that you don't kind of have, like, burnout mm. of getting excited for it, I think. I think I'll get excited again for it when it gets closer to it or I see more, yeah. like, focused gameplay rather than just, like, little teasers. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, also, when you mentioned the, the zone, I... Just for people who have played the game who don't know what the hell we're talking about, if you did any of the shrines that were like in the gigantic mazes those were built by the zonai i'm pretty sure so that's like a, a bit of a entry level hint <laughs> the barbarian set that increases yeah. your your damage that was that's a, a set of zonai armor yep i watched all those videos too <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was the Nintendo Direct, as I figured it would take us a long time to wade through all of that. There were so <laughs> oh many announcements, uh, but we still got more stuff to talk about, so let's move on with what we played this week. Go ahead and talk about Splatoon 3. Please keep it under 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Splatoon 3, finally out. Um, there's a lot of sections to this game. Um, like you got your single player hero mode, you got online turf war, which is probably where most people are going to go, your ranked modes, which are more objective based games, uh, salmon run, which is your PVE co-op mode. They've also added, um, table turf battles, I think it's called, which is like a trading card game in the game. So there's a lot to cover. But I feel like you don't have to get too in-depth with a lot of it. Um, I feel like it's but it's the third installment. I feel like most people are familiar with Splatoon. You squids and octopuses and you squirt ink through weapons that resemble, like, pens and water guns and washing machines. Anyway, to get that ink around... Um, the most popular sport with disability is Turf Wars, which is two teams of four against each other to claim as much turf with your ink as possible to win. Yeah, that's that's really it. Um, that's the elevator pitch. But I think, for me at least, I was the most excited for Hero Mode. So for context, the first two games, so Splatoon 1 and 2, they had decent story modes, single player modes, but they were much of much the same. That just the concept of them, two added some new mechanics, but you know, I don't think I could really tell you the difference between one and two. It's got the same plot. They're fun. They're definitely worth playing and going through, but you're not going through it for the story, really. There, there isn't one. And then Octo Expansion came out, which was DLC for Splatoon 2. And that 
really change it. This felt like the campaign or the single player mode that they wanted to make for Splatoon 2, where it was a lot more refined in, a, in its experience. Uh, there were 80 levels all up, and it was just a huge variety of gimmicks. And some of the levels would take it, you know, a few seconds to, to do once you figure out how the like puzzles and some of the more and more like the classic gauntlet levels where you're just given, you know, a, an obstacle course to go through and you just have to make do with whatever weapons it's provided you. But uh, there's a, a bit more of a development and the characters are a lot more involved in the story. And then the final boss fight is just over the top and fantastic. And I'm happy to report that they've learned, they've taken lessons from Octo Expansion much more than they have from the original two campaigns. It does a little bit of a fake out. The first three yeah. or four levels are basically, you, you got the same character, Captain uh, Cuttlefish. You know, the Zapfish is stolen, but you have to go save it. I bet it's the Octarians again. And you beat the first four levels and they resemble those original levels from Splatoon 1 and 2. But it really is just a little tutorial. Uh, it ends with a boss fight against DJ Octavio as a, as a twist, because he's typically the final boss in the first two games. And this time he's the first boss. And it's all a big misunderstanding, of course. After the boss fight, you're, you land in a place called Alterna. And there's a lot of world building and plot and lore surrounding this place. The Octarians are still the enemy, which I found slightly disappointing. They, they have the gimmick now where they're covered in fur because the, the name of this campaign is Return of the Mammalians. I think if you know enough about Splatoon, you can probably already figure out what the, where the story's going. But uh, it, it's separated into six different chapters. A lot of it's locked off by this stuff called Fuzzy Ooze. And your little small fry salmonid buddy can eat the fuzzballs on this ooze to kind of open up the map. So it gets rid of the fuzzy ooze to let you move around and find new levels. But it costs power eggs. Um, power eggs are kind of like you know, video game coins, I guess you'd compare them to. Uh, and you get these by completing the single player level. So that's, that's the gameplay loop. Um, play levels own eggs, clear more of the level, um, the map to unlock more levels and make your way through uh, to, there's three spots on the map that it says Cuttlefish is at one of these places because he's gone mysteriously missing. So you're with the Squid Sisters and the player character from Splatoon 1, who's now the captain of the Squid Beak Platoon. I can't go into much more detail because there are some surprises uh, I guess it's not a huge surprise, considering it happens at the first of the first uh, at the end of the first world. Deep Cut actually have a role to play in this story, so the idols from Splatoon Three, uh, they actually, I, I won't say to what degree, but they do show up, and they do take part in the overall plot of the story. Uh, there's actual stakes to the story this time around. Uh, the Zapfish is stolen, but, you know, it's a much smaller part of what's actually happening this time around. The levels themselves, they've got those, the gimmicky feel to them. There's one where you just have to paint the entirety of a, a Maui head from Easter Island. But, but it's a 3D printed version of it. 
you just have to paint it to completion. That's the whole level. And uh, I actually, there was, that was the only level like that. And I really wanted more. I like those weird gimmicky levels. Um, I really, although the ones in Octo Expansion where you had to destroy the crates to copy the um, sculpture, that was really tedious. So I'm glad they didn't bring those back. Um, the difficulty's not quite up there with Octo Expansion, but it's definitely an, uh, an increase compared to two uh, base campaign. But God, the whole thing just had me enthralled. I absolutely loved the single player this time around. Um, I, I usually in, really enjoy Splatoon single player. That kind of remind me of like in uh, Mario Sunshine where you had the, the levels without flood. They always gave me that impression. So yeah, it, it, if you liked Octo Expansion, I think you'd really like Splatoon 3's campaign because it really does feel like they've figured out a better way to present uh, single player. Oh, and the collectibles. They just, they the make collectibles it... aren't okay. in the levels themselves. They're yeah, on the yeah. map now. And I really like that because it really slowed down gameplay. <laughs> yeah, you can you can chuck, chuck your little small fight yeah. and they'll be like, oh, he's trying to tell you something. And you can unearth like things and it can be like a pack of cards for the card game or a thing for your locker it's really fun just like exploring the little like areas with him it's ace i love it and and you will need to do that if yeah. you want to unlock the secret kettle at the end of the game you need to explore the entire overworld so find all the secrets complete the you'll see on the map there's like grayed out areas of where you haven't been yet you have to complete all of that and it counts as surveyed and you have to do all of that to unlock the secret level and that secret level is <laughs> I wanted to give up a few times but yeah if, if I, I don't know if I'd recommend this game solely for the story mode it's really 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 good and the, the end boss I can't talk about details but oh my god <laughs> it's so good um it's definitely worth finishing just to play the final boss instead of it just being a chore like it kind of felt like in one and two it is just out of this world but that's just one aspect of splatoon online multiplayer which is the bulk of the game so turf war is much of a muchness i i feel like it doesn't feel too different from splatoon 2 and i don't think that's the worst thing I think we talked about a lot of this on at the on the Splatfest episode. Anyway, it's solid. It works. They've removed some stuff. They've added some stuff. The new specials and weapons. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of the bow or the splatana personally, but I'm seeing people use them effectively. Uh, the new specials are great, like the wave breaker, which sends out shock waves, and if they touch a player, an enemy player, it damages them, and it also tells you where they are so it's like a tracking device i've been really liking the reef slider which is like an inflatable shark toy that just zooms forward and then yeah. explodes what about you the only th yeah the only thing i've noticed in turf wars is that i don't know if it's like an influx of new players but they forget to ink the home base <laughs> yeah and it's like co constant so i'm now like the person that has to ink the home base um so yeah, I'm hoping people realize you're meant to do that later on. A lot of the, the like the drawings are like 
you know, telling people to ink the That's our good thing of the hill one. <laughs> yeah, Turf Wars is just, Turf Wars is still really, really fun. Uh, I've been playing more of the the card game, actually, than the main, um, the main Turf Wars bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I want to talk about that in a little bit more depth, too, but there's a few things in Turf Wars and mul- mm-hmm. multiplayer, like um, ranked mode feels the same. But what I really like is how you can express yourself with the splat tag and the lockers. They're fantastic additions to the game in a game that already had like the fashion aspect to it, where you could express yourself a little bit through your clothes and the ability to like swap out abilities on your clothes now really add more options instead of just wearing an outfit that has good stats. But, um, the splat tags, so you get a, a banner, which is like your background image. Uh, you get a title and you unlock, you know, the first half and the second half and you mix and match them. I think uh, Animal Crossing did it too. And you get badges, which is this game's equivalent of achievements, I guess. You get a few badges for finishing single player, for getting a certain amount of points in Salmon Run or wins with certain weapons in Turf War or just spending a certain amount of money at the shops. So you can just display them on your on your tag and just make something that's, you know, uniquely you. And the lockers, which is definitely a lot more in depth in terms of customization. They start with really small, but at level 15, they increase in size. And I think they do again at level 30, but you can get collectibles from the general store or from the there's a gacha machine now which gives like random rewards for your splat tag and locker there's just so much stuff you can do with them there's some you've probably seen some meme ones on twitter you can put your weapons in it you can put your collectibles and your stickers and um the sunken scrolls that you collect in single player you can stick on the walls in there and once you get to a certain level you can customize the color of it and type of it as well uh, shelves to put extra stuff on. I've got like a little shelf at the top where I've got all these different like manga on the top. That's what I've and done a as well. Box of <laughs> detergent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. I, I know a lot of people were calling for apartments in Splatoon to customize, but I think this is a really good compromise because I think a, an apartment would be too big to decorate. I think a, a locker is a really good way to kind of incorporate it a bit more into the sport of Turf War. It's just so much fun. I, I, I just spend a lot of time just getting the stickers just right and you can rotate them. And I got that really long Furby knockoff as well. <laughs> it's so good. And then Salmon Run. I like that they've put a little bit more polish into this. In Splatoon 2, it really felt like it, it was tacked on. I'm also really happy to report it is 24 seven mm-hmm. now. There's no downtime. For the salmon run there's only three maps at the moment that's fine though they'll add more i think the original game only came out with two they've added new bosses uh so the boss salmonid you got all of the original ones i won't get into them because there's a lot but the new ones you got the fish stick which is just like a gigantic pillar that gets flown in and jammed into the ground and then there's a like a little it looks like a a, a mobile like a for a baby where it's just all these little small fry going around the top squ- uh, spraying their goop everywhere so you have to climb up to the top of the pillar and take them all out but the pillar stays there so you can use it to 
fire the eggs off, which is also a new addition. You can fire eggs instead of just swimming all the way back. Uh, there's the flipper flopper, <laughs> which is a great name. It's this dolphin shaped thing that kind of flies out with a ring and then it has a little zone that it puts in the ground. And if you ink that entire zone, it'll bounce off it and then you can finish it off really quickly. It's kind of like splat zones in ranked multiplayer. Uh, you have the big shot, which is just a guy that has a big cannon that shoots cannonballs that send out shockwaves. But you can, once you defeat him, you can use his cannon to shoot the eggs towards the basket, which is really cute. Oh, the slamming lid. It's a giant pot lid with a salmon lid on top. And oh, yeah. he, he kind of projects this shield directly below it like a cylinder. And if you go into it, it'll just slam down. So you have to kind of like poke and then quickly come out so you don't get caught in it. But the funny thing is, is that if there's a boss salmonid underneath it, when you do that, it's an insta-kill, in, including like the, the steel head, which is an annoying one to kill sometimes. But yeah, you, you're meant to have it so it slams down and then you jump on top of it as it goes back up and you can just have free reign on killing it. Um, they've also added a few more of the special waves. Uh, you probably won't see more many of them until you get to like the higher ranks. It's too many to really go over. There is one called the Tornado where it's low tide and you just have to shoot these um, treasure chests full of eggs and then kind of with that new egg shooting mechanic, you just kind of create like a... a production line so you have one person where the eggs are and then you shoot them four hmm. people across to the the basket but the the biggest literally and figuratively addition is the kohozuna which is the salmon king if you play a whole bunch in the same rotation uh, a bar will kind of fill up where kohozuna gets your scent and then when he finally spawns after you do your three waves it's a giant kaiju salmon, basically. And you have to kill the boss salmonids to use their golden eggs to fire into Kozuna to kill him. I mean, you, you can shoot him, but it's a lot slower and you probably won't kill him in time. So definitely focus on those boss salmonids and just shoot the gold ones into him. He drops a, a particular resource called fish scales and you've got bronze, silver, and gold. And you typically don't get gold or silver unless you beat him. Uh, it's not considered a failure entirely if you don't uh, defeat him, um, but I have much more consistency in getting the silver and gold when I do beat him. And these can be spent towards um, customization stuff for your splash tag, uh, locker decorations and stickers, but also new, they're called slop suits. Because in Salmon Run, you can't wear your regular gear in there, but now you can customize the color of them. So it used to just be like an orange um, overalls, but now I've got green ones. So that's cool. But it's just cool that they're adding, you know, I, and I hope they add more in the future. But, um, and I think the last thing is the table turf battles, if you want to talk a bit more about that, because my voice is tough to give. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm probably not as good as uh, detailing it out, uh, but basically it is like a little card game that they've added. Um, you get your starter deck and you play against like little um, NPCs. You can play against other players in the game as well. You start off against like a baby jelly and then you see more recognizable NPCs like Sheldon you can fight against. And you start off with like a board. It's like a vertical 
um, uh, rectangle for a board. You each get a go and each card will have like a certain number of um, squares that take up the board. So it's like you're inking your turf, like in Turf Wars. So one, each card has like a certain kind of like shape. There's one that's kind of like an M kind of shape. And you can only, every time you place one down, it has to kind of meet where you've kind of put one down. So there has to, you know, if was, there's a square there, it has to kind of be diagonally across from it. Um, and the person with the most turf covered wins. But what's really cool is that the better cards you get, which you can unlock in the single player, you're like, you get your commons and you get your rares and they're more unusual shapes. It might take up more so you can place down more ink. Um, and what's cool as well is that when you get slower down to the countdown, the music changes like in the actual like turf wars, which I thought was really cool. Um, it's really, really addictive. Whenever there's a card game that's added in a game that isn't a card game, I'm always, it's like Gwent in Witcher 3 where I'm like, well, this is just me for the rest of the, <laughs> rest of the month. Um, it's really, really fun. It's better, it, it's better when you have better cards like anything every card game is. Um, and you can, you can get specials where you can ink over the other player's existing ink. I've only played up against the NPCs before because I'm okay, but I'm not great yet. Um, annoyingly, I don't think you can access it from the menu. I think you have to run yeah. to a specific little area in the hub to play it, which I wish they would add to the menu because it's... I had to look up where it was. <laughs> I had to like Google where is the uh, card game in Splatoon Three because I think the hub can yeah. get lost, um, lost a bit in it sometimes. Um, so I hope that they eventually patch it, maybe add it to the menu um, because I play it quite a lot and having to run there is just a bit of a pain. But it, it's really, really, really fun. Um, I, it just, it's just that extra bit that just makes it worth. Like I was blown away by the single player campaign. It feels absolutely fantastic to play and running. I, oh, I'm just really it just felt like the extra bit of gameplay that just make, brings it all together. I really, really like the card game. Honestly, if they make a real card game of it. I'll probably yeah, get it. I was wondering about that. Like, I don't <laughs> know how they could make it. Yeah. in real life, but no. If if they somehow manage it, the I'll, artwork I'll is so it. cute. Though. <laughs> it's just really on the cards. It is. It's all. They're all based off like um, somewhat based off the splat bombs that you actually use in the game, and some of them are like specific, like little chibis of little inklings and things. It's really, really cute, uh, and it's just, just like having the TV on and just having your yeah. switch out portably and just play playing that. It's just really relaxing and it's really fun. Um, I really, really, really like it. It's really good. I don't think you could play against other people yet. Oh, is it? Yeah, you see some of the hub characters are like, we're playing this and you can, I don't know if it said join or not, but maybe they'll add that. I, I, I think later. you can play against other players as in like you're playing against their decks run by a CPU, maybe. Oh, right. That's what it meant. I've not tried it yet, so. Yeah, neither. Uh, too scared. <laughs> I'm really bad at it, but <laughs> you're right. It's it's a game where you can play while like watching something or yeah what have you and i love that sort of thing so i i'm still playing splatoon i'm just <laughs> yeah i i can't don't have the concentration for a full turf all right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I, I this whole game and there was a lot of people going oh it's just the same thing it's like yeah i guess but also it's really good so <laughs> it's just more about uh, like the presentation and polish this feels yeah a lot more thought out 
like the quality of life changes that they've made to online lobbying now. So yeah. you can oh, actually play Turf Wars really cool. with friends and always be on the yep. same team. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Why was it that a thing? <laughs> I, I love the hologram system. It's really cool. Someone's like, oh, I've opened up yeah. uh, either like Sam and Ron or I've opened up a game and you can just join it. So I was like three in the morning and I was playing with my friend um, in America and it was just really cool that it was quite seamless to be able to do that. Um, yeah. It's just... It feel the, the single campaign as well. I feel like it's they've made it more worth the money for the whole package. Yeah, it feels like Splatoon um, Two was like, oh, new console. We we're gonna make a Splatoon for it real quick to so people still play Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really intrigued the fact that they when it was they mentioned that big DLC coming, and I'm like, wow, it's just gonna make it even. It, like bulkier and even more sometimes you're like oh should I do when you start up you're like should I do a turf war should I do a rank thing should I do salmon so there's like so much to do that it's like really it just makes it exciting to to turn on and play it in the first place yeah uh, I haven't beaten the uh, the 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 kaiju in salmon on yet um because I think it's salmon has suddenly gotten a lot harder I don't know I'm it I'm only at like semi professional really yeah um so I'm a bit annoyed that I suddenly I'm not good at Salmon Run anymore, <laughs> but I'm trying. <laughs> Finding like you really need teammates to communicate with. Uh, it's got in-game yeah. communication tools. People either don't look at them or use them when you play with randoms. Yeah. Um, typically, you use this way to point out where boss salmonid are, and the help thing when you know you're dead. People just don't do it no i saw there was one player we were we did the three rounds and then it was we got kohuzuna afterwards and they must have assumed that the three rounds were it because they were just sitting there for the rest of the game oh no <laughs> so we there's, would, there's like a trick where we three will say they patched final it. or it won't say final or something oh did they oh yeah <laughs> that was so handy <laughs> yeah that was i was always paying attention to that and then i was like right after the patch it said wave three oh uh, no final final wave oh no we're not getting him then and then we got him uh, so they patched it real quick I, also, I do like that when you go to the salmon run bit you actually go into like the little shop and it's not just like one screen it's like you can actually run about in the shop and there's a little training area yeah. And it just felt really more substantial and really cool. That's the I wish you could thing. interact with like the seats. Yeah. I wish there was more like that's one thing Splatoon is annoying that I wish I could like sit somewhere and then take a and do things. Also I don't know if you've tried photo mode. Yes, I'll try and keep it actually, really extra yes. short. So photo mode is it used to be that you could just get your amiibo and then that was the only thing you could do and you could pick through some poses and some filters. But now you can take photos in, a, anywhere in the hub and um, you can put them in your locker and stuff as well I haven't done that yet I've not worked out how to pose on my own I've only worked out to pose the pose thing only comes up when you use an amiibo I was just going to say that you can only pose with amiibo yeah so they need to patch that because it's really so now I just I put the amiibo in and I make the character stand as farther away as possible <laughs> from me so out. I can pose yeah that's what I did but it's annoying because yeah, all my amiibos are now off my shelf next to the side of my bed, so I can do that while I'm in bed playing Splatoon. I really hope they change that, but it is cute to... I wish there was just more, like, 
opposing in, interactivity in the hub so the photos were like cooler but I, I think they'll probably sort that at some point but it was it's really cool addition instead of just using the amiibos and also when you do use the amiibos instead of getting a random item when you use it the first time you use it it'll be like oh you used me in the last game here's just all the items that I provide yeah <laughs> and then you can use them in your locker so instantly I had the cool full witch outfit, like the witch hat and the, the witch dress and the witch shoes, which are from one of the Octoling amiibos. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I've already got a cool outfit. So that was really, really cool. And I'm really interested to see what comes with the new amiibos that will come out later this year. Yeah, same. Although I'm just looking forward to taking pictures with Small Fry. Yes, that too. Um, I find where he is in the hub and like stand behind him and yeah. <laughs> take a photo. <laughs> Speaking of, this will probably be the last point. Um, with photo mode, you can send the photos directly from the game to Splatnet 3, which is part of the Nintendo yeah. Switch Online app. And that app is fantastic. They've redone the, uh, I can't remember what it was called before, but you, the amount of ink that you turfed, um, turf that you inked, it would just show you like the equivalent of like a real life uh, monument that's the same size of, you know, whatever. It was fine, but now they've added this thing called Wonder Crust where Krusty Sean's going on like a, a, a backpacking journey and you spend the the ink points that you, you earn to help him on his journey. And that unlocks mm. stuff in the game, that unlocks stuff for your phone, like wallpapers. You can see your progress in story mode as well. And when you completely clear an area, like the exploration rate, you get wallpapers, you beat the game, wallpapers. You can view your catalog progress, which is something we didn't talk about, but it, it's basically just a season pass. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a dab, there's a dab. thing in it. <laughs> it's level 98 in the catalog and people already have it. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow. Um, and of course you can see like your recent games and what maps are up next and mm-hmm. you got your shop as well where you can buy exclusive gear in the app and send it to the game to buy yep but I- yeah i think this is like the, the definitive splatoon experience it feels the most polished me. and the most yeah. like there's so many like intentional design choices in this game that feel I mean, it's been five years since Splatoon 2. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas Splatoon 1 and 2 were already two years apart, I think. So it really does feel like they've taken the time to really make something special. And I think they've pulled it off. And the promise of continual updates for the next two years, so new multiplayer maps, new weapons... I think, I mean, Splatfests, of course. We already talked about the next mm-hmm. one coming up, which is next week. Yep. And they've already teased um, the Bing, Big Run mode in Salmon Run, where they invade the multiplayer maps, which is going to be fun. Like, Salmon Run really feels like it's a, a mode on the same level as Turf War now. Yep. In 2, it really did feel like something tacked on. It was fun, and it was functional, but 3 makes me want to play it more because it feels more there's more stuff to do in it and even once you get your super bonus you want those fish scales to unlock stuff as well which means that you have to play to get kohizuna they've really done a good job of just polishing every aspect of the game to make it more enjoyable 
give it longevity. I'm worried that with the catalog that there are going to be FOMO elements to it, but hopefully they rotate. But overall, I can't recommend it enough. This is going to be my obsession for the next two years. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we playing in the coming weeks? Silvio, I'll start with you. Um, more Splatoon 3. That's all I can think about. I think there's a new Fortnite season that just started as well. So Ooh, yeah. there goes my time. <laughs> they added Spider-Gwen. So hell yeah. And Rosalie? Yeah, yeah. mine's probably exactly the same. <laughs> I, I want to get Dream, uh, Dream Light Valley because I've been watching my partner play it and I've been getting some FOMO but it's just whether or not I want to play 25 quid for early access. Um, and also Monkey Island comes out very, very soon, so it might be playing that. Yeah, there's a lot of indie games coming out now <laughs> and in the mm-hmm. coming weeks. I want to play all of them. Uh, so in the coming episodes, in no particular order, just as I have time to play them, I'll be talking about Wayward Strand, Baron Breakfast, Shovel Knight Dig, Potion Permit, Four Tales, Iroheart, maybe... Uh, return to Monkey Island if I get it. I still haven't decided. I wasn't a huge Monkey Island fan. Uh, we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening to this episode of In Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular patron. The details for both things are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by Andrew and you can follow them at Play Critically or read their long-form reviews at playcritically.com. This episode was also edited by Sylvia and you can follow them at STW2 or at twitch.tv slash T-O-R-I-S-T-W. You can also follow me, Rosalie, at L-I-L Record Girl. That's at Lil Record Girl. Thank you.